Hello, everybody, and welcome back for episode 37 of Lady in Black. I'm Danielle. And I'm McKenna. So this week, I have a spicy one. <laughs> oh, no. We had a bit of a break, um, and I felt like I just needed something that was a little bit more, more fucked up. So I'm going to apologize to you right now because you're going to hate this. Oh, boy, that doesn't give me any hope for this episode at all. I will make it up to you somehow. <laughs> But today, we are going to talk about a doll. No, no, no. (laughs) Not just any doll. This doll is considered by many to be the worst of the worst. This doll inspired one of the biggest modern horror franchise and is a real artifact. So we are going to talk about Annabelle. Oh, God. I was wondering when you were going to hit me with, you didn't even give me time to mentally prepare. It's because I knew that if I told you in advance, you would sit there and spiral, where now you only have to think about this for the next, like, two hours, and then you're done. And then I get to spiral afterward. No, because then it'll be done and over with, and you never have to think about it again. You can go put on My Little Pony and forget it ever existed. I'm going to have to. This is my (laughs) worst nightmare. (laughs) I hate this. So... What do you know of Annabelle aside from the movies? Do you know much about the true story? No, just the movies. Okay. So before we can talk about Annabelle, we kind of have to talk about the Warrens. So the Warrens are very controversial. They have always kind of been controversial, but now a little bit more so. Um, And there's a lot of people that do not believe anything that the Warrens have ever done or said. And they have further been scandalized with an accusation from a woman named Judith Penny who claimed that she started a 40-year sexual relationship with Ed that started when she was underage in 1963. So Lorraine did deny these accusations um, and they came out about 11 years after Ed had passed away in 2006. Personally, I'm inclined to believe victims when they come forward. So we're not really going to get into it too much. Um, Believe whatever you want. However, I'm going to just kind of leave it at that. Um, So Ed was born on September 7th of 1926. So he was a Virgo. And Lorraine was born on January 31st of 1927, which made her an Aquarius. So the two were married in January of 1945, and on January 11th of 1946, Lorraine gave birth to their daughter, Judy Warren. So the Warrens were members of the Roman Catholic Church, and in 1952, the two of them founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, or NESPR, um, and that is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. That's crazy. Yes. So the Warrens have also claimed to have investigated over 10,000 cases um, during their career. And some of their um, most famous investigations include Annabelle, the Perrin family, which is what The Conjuring is based off of, the Enfield Poltergeist, which was the inspiration of Conjuring 2, um, the case of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, which is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, And the um, Snedeker House, which is actually the haunting in Connecticut. Um, The Smurl family and the Union Cemetery. So those are some of their big hitters. So I do want um, to cover all of these locations at some point. Um, And so I figured we can kind of give snippets of the Warren's history as we slowly work through their different hauntings. Yeah, as we kind of go through all of them. So... Annabelle is very controversial in a lot of ways, but the biggest is the fact that the backstory has only ever been told by Ed and there's no proof of the claims. Really? Yes. So according to Ed, the doll was originally purchased by a mother from a hobby store in 1970 to give her daughter, um, who was a 28-year-old nursing student named Donna, um, she was going to give her the doll for her birthday. So the doll was most likely purchased brand new because the dress that she is wearing did not exist until the 1970s. So I believe in the movies, the doll was originally purchased in the 60s, but that's not accurate. It would not have been like, yeah, they could have they could have bought a new doll and put that dress on an old doll. But most likely she bought it in the 70s and it was new. Okay. 
So according to the movies, Annabelle was given as a gift um, by a man to his pregnant wife. That never actually happened. Um, the story of the previous owners of the doll being attacked by a satanic cult, which led to the possession, is also false. That never happened. Um, she was also never thrown away and never reappeared in the house again. So there's a lot about the movies that are straight Hollywood. They're trying to scare the fuck out of you. Yeah. I mean, They're, it definitely makes it scarier, but the movies that it's are not 100% accurate. Is- yes. And like knowing a bit about these cases myself, like they have been overly dramatized. They are loosely based on gotcha. the Warrens, but it is not like they a are, factual thing. No. <laughs> by any means. No. Okay. I'm following. Okay. So the nurse who owned her never had a bad enough experience to want to throw the doll away. Well, that's so, encouraging. She did move, um, and at first, Donna would come home and just find Annabelle having shifted positions. Then she would come home and find her in different spots on the bed. Um, then the doll began to move around the rooms. So it could be found out of her room, and then she would come home and it would be back in the room, even though the door was closed the whole time. Nobody else was home. Nobody moved her. She was just moving around on her own. They once found her sitting with her legs crossed and her arms folded. They also found it standing on its feet and uh, they found it leaning against a dining room chair. And the worst was that they saw it kneeling on a chair and they tried to recreate it, but they couldn't. Anytime they tried to get her in that same position she was in, she would fall over. What? So something was manipulating the doll. Yes. I mean, if you can't recreate it, that's pretty freaky. Yes. So according to the demonologist book, the activity was going on for about a year before Ed and Lorraine were called in. Um, The doll did actually leave messages. Um, Donna claimed that she would come home to find messages in a childlike handwriting, and it was always written on parchment paper. And the messages would say, help us or help Lou. Um, And Lou was her roommate's fiance who was currently living with them. So the strangest thing about this situation was that there was no parchment paper in the apartment. I was going to ask you that. There was no parchment paper in their apartment. They didn't own any. So they have no clue where the doll got the parchment paper to write the notes. That's weird. Like, where is that coming from? Yeah. I mean, that's for me, if I was dealing with something like that. I, that would fuck me up the most is if things are appearing that I do not own. Yeah, that would be the, that would be the hardest part to like fully understand, I think. It's like, like it's one thing if objects that you own are being manipulated. Right. It is another if objects that you do not own are being manifested. Yes, into your home. Yes. For this doll to use. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yes. So... About four to six weeks after the activity first started, um, Donna called a medium. She had come home and she saw blood on the doll's hand and chest and decided she needed somebody to come in. So this medium came in and they held a seance with Donna and um, Angie, her roommate. And the medium stated that the doll was being moved around by a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. She apparently used to play in the fields um, that once existed where the apartment complex now stood, and they claimed that her body was found in the fields. And then Donna and Angie allowed Annabelle to stay with them and possess the doll. Mistake number one. Invited it into the doll. Yes. They felt sad. You know, you have a couple of nurses. They're like, oh, it's just this poor little girl. She died. Like, they're like, oh, just hang out. It's okay. Don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but the story gets confusing because that version of events is what the demonologist book written by Ed stated. But in a video from the 1980s, when Ed was giving a tour of the occult museum, he told a different story. How so different? In the video, Ed states that the medium told Donna that Annabelle had died in a car accident outside Donna and Angie's apartment. And Ed states that Annabelle was six, not seven. During the interview, he also says that the Raggedy Ann doll was given to Donna by her mother as a Christmas present, not a birthday present, as the demonologist book stated. 
I mean, subtle differences, but enough to make you be like, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty different. Yeah. But not because I mean, not the car accident, huge. the car accident was more recent. Oh, okay. So I don't know if two mediums came in and told two different stories and he just recounted the stories separately and didn't talk about them at the same time or what? Yeah, that's really odd. Mm-hmm. Very. So much like the movie, the doll did inflict physical harm on somebody but it was not as extreme as the movie. Okay. So Lou, the fiance, was not a fan of the doll. And he did not like it. And he allegedly warned Donna that it was evil one day. That night, he woke up from a deep sleep. He couldn't move. And he saw Annabelle at his feet and watched her glide up his legs over his chest. And she started strangling him until he blacked out. He woke up the next morning and he said that it was absolutely not a dream. So keep in mind that if you're living with something that scares you, you think it's evil, you experience sleep paralysis, your mind might play off of that. Yeah, for sure. There's a very fine line between seeing a demon in your room at night and seeing a sleep paralysis manifestation. Right. Very different. Like as somebody who has sleep paralysis... I could see why when it first started to happen to me, I 100% were like demons in my bedroom. But then the more it happened, the more I was like, no, because I figured out how to talk myself out of it. Okay. So like I still have it quite a bit, but I can talk myself out of it when it happens a lot quicker now because I know what it is. Yeah. And you kind of like, you know what's going on. Yeah. Instead of my like it being this like panic fueled however long endeavor of me thinking that I'm screaming bloody murder and moving around and I'm not. Now I just sit there and I'll close my eyes and just like focus on my breathing and focus on moving my pinky until I actually do move my pinky and then I can kind of like break out of it and I'm good. So take that whole thing with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, just like everything just kind of starts getting weirder. Yes. I feel like. Yep. And it's just going to keep getting worse. Keep getting worse. Okay. Because later on, Lou and Angie were studying maps to prepare for a trip that Lou was going to be going on the next day. And they heard a rustling noise coming from Donna's room. So Lou approached the closed door, waited for the noises to stop before he walked in. He turned on the light when he walked in and he saw Annabelle laying on the floor in a corner. So he walked over to the doll, but as he did, he began to sense that someone was behind him. He spun around, but nobody was there, and in an instant, he found himself doubled over. He was grabbing his chest, and it was now bleeding. So upon inspection, he discovered seven claw-like scratches on his chest, four horizontal and three vertical, and they were like hot burns. But the scratches healed quickly and they were fully gone within two days two days yes that doesn't make any sense no wounds like that would not heal in two days no not in two days there's no way no (laughs) as somebody who has cats and gets scratched often yeah all the time that shit can be there for weeks weeks and that's not very deep no so interesting that's so weird So Annabelle is also believed to be responsible for at least one death. At least one? Like possibly more? Possibly more, but at least one. Wow. Okay. So during that video tour of Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, Ed pointed out the Raggedy Ann doll in its case and said many of the objects in this room here have had dire effects on people. People have been maimed, have been killed. People have wound up in mental institutions because of many of the things that are right in this building here. You have the voodoo dolls. You have the Raggedy Ann doll, which was responsible for the death of a young man who came in here one time who challenged the doll to do its worst, and it did. So a young man had apparently come to the occult museum on his motorcycle with his girlfriend for a tour. Ed was giving the tour, and the young man started to mock the doll, and while doing so, he ran up and became began tapping on the glass of the case that the doll is enclosed in. And 
he challenged the doll to put scratches on him like it had supposedly done in the past to Lou. And Ed was like, you've got to fucking leave. Like, don't you dare. You've got to fucking leave. So he did. And a few hours later, as he was still driving home, he lost control of his motorcycle, drove straight into a, a tree. He passed away and his girlfriend survived, but was hospitalized for over a year. That is insane. Mm -hmm. So many people attribute that to him mocking the doll. Because essentially, if this is an if this is an evil demonic entity and you just talked shit to it and you basically just told it that it ain't shit. That's not going to be good for you. No, no, it's not going to be good for you. No, I mean, oof, that's terrifying. I can't even. No, thanks. Mm -mm. Yeah. So the Warrens had first taken possession of the doll after Lou was scratched. Um, so after he got scratched, Donna contacted an Episcopal priest named Father Hegan, who called Father Cook, who decided that he needed to get in touch with the Warrens. So the Warrens um, convinced Father Cook to perform an exorcism on both the apartment um, in order to cleanse the home and to bless the individuals who were there. And Donna requested that the Warrens take the Raggedy Ann doll with them when they left, and it has been in their possession ever since. So the Warrens and priests believe that there was not a young girl residing in Annabelle because God would not allow that. And that there was, in fact, a demon who was simply attached to the doll and attempting to possess Donna. So the thing with demons is they do not possess items. They can attach to items, but they can only possess people. Okay. So a lot of people get confused and they'll buy something. They'll be like, oh, this item is possessed. It's attached, which is, is dangerous yeah. and it's different. Yeah. An attachment is simply it's it doesn't have like it doesn't have full control of right. you or whatever. It can just manipulate a little bit. But they believed that it was going to be best to take the take that from Donna before she was in fact possessed. And they uh, decided that they would drive back roads home. They didn't want to drive on the main highways because they figured that Annabelle would find a way to cause an accident. I mean, so, yeah, that would be one of the biggest things I would be thinking yes. about too. For so sure. they decided that we're not going to take main roads. We're not going to risk other people's lives by driving on these roads with this doll. We will just go the back way. And sure enough, they had car problem after car problem the entire way home. Um, the power steering failed, the brakes failed, and their engine was repeatedly stalling. And it got so bad that Ed turned around and sprinkled Annabelle with holy water, which stopped the activity and they could make it home. That's intense. Mm -hmm. Yes. So once they got home, Ed put the doll on his desk, thinking that she would be safe there for a little bit. But pretty soon, she apparently showed them what she was really made of. So Annabelle was seen rising above the desk, levitating on multiple occasions. And soon, um, that activity slowed down and stopped. And the Warrens thought that perhaps they were good. Maybe it was just pissed for a second because it was in a new place and it was fine and things were calming down. But pretty soon, she was found in different rooms of the house. She was moving around. And when the Warrens put her in one place, she would just quickly be found in another. So Ed and Lorraine called the priest and he didn't seem to take it too seriously and said to Annabelle that she couldn't hurt him because she was just a doll. And that night when he was driving home, he got in a car accident. Um, the car turned over, the brakes failed, and his car was um, completely totaled. He was badly hurt, but he did survive. I mean, it's a good thing. Like, thank goodness he survived, but that really backfired on you, buddy. That is now three interactions with Annabelle and vehicles. And vehicles and, like, two very seriously hurting people. Yeah. And if the Warrens wouldn't have taken back roads. They would, it would have hurt somebody else for sure. Yep. So she's still around today. And she resides inside of a locked glass case that the Warrens built to keep her from getting free and roaming around the house. 
And there is a warning sign on the case that says, do not touch. There's also a cross. And a lot of people claim that they have seen Annabelle moving around inside the case and that she is just waiting for somebody to open it so she can get free. Oh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that so much. So I decided to watch the Ghost Adventures episode on Annabelle. Um, it's season 19, episode 8 on Discovery+. Plus. I'd seen it before, but I decided to watch it again. And uh, Tony Spera, who is the Warren's son-in-law who now runs the museum, flew her to Zach's Haunted Museum in Vegas from her home in Connecticut. Ooh, that's risky. Could you imagine being on that flight and sitting next to him and just being like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just flying Annabelle uh, the doll to Zach's museum. Across the country. <laughs> no. Immediately. Get me off that plane right now. You're just jumping out the Oh, I'd be jumping out the exit. window. Yeah, I'm gone. I don't care. No, thank you. So... If you think about this, not only is that travel incredibly dangerous with this stall, but Zach's museum is already fucked. Yeah, Zach has some like fucked up shit in there already. He does. Um, I have not been yet. I've been to Vegas, but everybody that I go to Vegas with will not step foot in this museum. And I don't have the balls to go alone yet because women specifically tend to be affected more. And I know that I am more sensitive. So I need somebody to go with me in case I end up passing out on this fucking floor because. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. It (laughs) could happen. It could very easily happen. Like with my level of sensitivity and how much shit is party packed in this fucking museum. Yeah. I need people to go with me. They can help me if something happens. That's a good call. That's a a good call. I just I know myself and I can't go alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't can't go by myself. There's places that I will go by myself. I went to the Dumas Brothel basement by myself. You did. Several times. Yeah. I can't go to this museum by myself. I can't. I mean, I can't blame you for that. No. And I know you won't go. I I would go. Would you? I would go to the museum. He has an entire room of dolls, McKenna. I know. I'm aware. Okay, and I, w- I will be shitting myself the whole time. <laughs> so we need other people to come with us. Somebody that can wrangle you and, you know, get you to the bathroom in time <laughs> and somebody to catch me if I go down. Yes. Okay. Well, I, because I, I do. I want to go. I just need to, like, mentally prepare for that because yeah. it's going to be a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, this place is filled with shit that has really dark history attached to it. He has fucking Ed Gein's cauldron yeah. in there. He has a full skeleton of who they believe is David Cook from the Odd Fellows laying in his funeral room. Like he has all like it is just filled. I'm pretty sure the Dybbuk box is still there too. I think so. And so it's just I'm like, oh God. It's, yeah, it's so much. <laughs> Need somebody to catch me if I go down. Yeah. So this place is already fucked and they are bringing Annabelle into it. Into this place. That's just a recipe for disaster. It is. It, uh, it is. Um, and so this was the first time that Tony allowed an investigation of Annabelle on TV. And he put down some ground rules pretty quickly. So Tony demanded that they have holy water on standby. And he told Zach that the only reason that he brought Annabelle out was to show Zach um, and his viewers that evil exists and it's out there. Um, Tony tells them that the holy water is needed for the crew, it is needed for Zach, and it is needed for himself. That's intense. He's not fucking around. No, he's not. He's like, I'm not taking any chances right now. That is not what's happening with this experience. None. So before Zach meets Annabelle, while Tony is getting her ready, he starts feeling disoriented. He says it's hard to focus. It's hard to form words. So he goes to Tony to see if that ever happens, and Tony says yes, and that they call it a forerunner. So it is a warning that she doesn't want them to show her. Wow. And it happens quite a bit when people are on their way to go meet her. I mean, at least it's like somewhat of a sign of like tread lightly yep. type of thing. Yep. And so he takes Tony, Zach takes Tony to where the feeling first hit him. And he starts asking like, um, Tony starts asking like what exactly he felt And he said that whatever it was like hit him in the center of his chest, but that it didn't feel like anything super negative. So Tony believes that Annabelle is showing them her power 
and the power of evil. So she's already being like, hey, bitch, I'm fucking here. Yeah. Like, this is what I can do. So Mike, the audio tech, then comes over to Zach and he tells him that he heard an an anomaly on the recording. So they grab Tony. They go to check it out. And there is like a weird, like whiny inhalation while they're talking. It's like this raspy, almost like higher pitched inhale while the two guys are having their conversation about what happened to Zach. I hate that. Mm -hmm. So then they decide to get rolling. So Tony goes and he soaks his hands in holy water and he speaks prayer over himself and the doll before getting her out. And he even recites the prayer of Michael, the archangel before he pulls her out of the case. Have you heard that prayer? No. Oh my God. Okay. I have not. So the prayer is St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. That's intense. Mm Mm-hmm. That's- and he's like sprinkling holy water on this fucking case and doll and everything while he's doing it. And then he puts on the fucking vet tech cat gloves. No. He pulls out the, the fucking vet tech cat gloves <laughs> and picks her up and puts her in a chair and then immediately steps away from her and calls Zach in and takes off the gloves. He needs that type of gloves to handle this doll. He will not touch her. That is the biggest thing is you cannot touch her which we're going to get into. You cannot touch her with your bare hands. Like you cannot. So he covers his hands in holy water and then puts on the gloves to touch the doll. And then later when they move her, he makes them do the same thing. That is so much. Like I'm just trying to wrap my head around that because that is like just the preparation of this doll. Yeah. For Zach to see it is insane. It's insane. So he then brings Zach in. He makes Zach do the sign of the cross with holy water across himself um, and, you know, does the, like, by the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever. I'm not Catholic. I don't know all these things. <laughs> um, he makes them do that before they start and even interacting with the doll. At this point, Zach has only seen her and said something like, so that's Annabelle. And then he immediately is like, okay, we're, we got to do this we shit before we this. can. Yeah, before you can proceed. Before we can move on. We have steps. So Zach then asks if he can touch her, and Tony says, absolutely not. No. So he tells them the story of the guy who was killed on his motorcycle after coming at the doll. He tells them how he mocked the doll, um, came came at it for not being evil and strong, and then died. And Tony said that if you touch her, you will open that door, and you cannot close it. Yeah, that is not a door that you want to open because no. there is no going back. No, there's there's no going back if you do that. So Zach then asks if he can at least creak it open. <laughs> so Tony goes back um, to Nerve Center to sit with Mike. Um, he's not going to participate in the investigation, but the only way he will let them do it is if he has eyes on it the entire fucking time. I mean, smart guy. He's, smart guy. He's there to make sure that they don't touch her and that nothing gets out of hand. If it starts to get a little too much, he's done. He's, he he's knows he's it. there and he can pull it all. Yep. So they go in and they have this fortune telling machine that is Zach Beggins and he has recorded the voice into it and it takes a quarter to turn on. It's like any other fortune telling machine. You must pay before it speaks. They walk in and they see lights with the machines. So they're like, oh shit, we got to unplug it. As Zach is on the ground reaching to unplug it, the thing suddenly turns itself on and says something about electricity. No. And they are all like, what the fuck? <laughs> so as they're talking about that, being like, you have to put a quarter in. We didn't put, like, how is it speaking? It can't do that. They Their camera that is in the doll room, which is where Annabelle is sitting, um, catches a light anomaly. It comes, like over by her head and then it shifts and then it goes back towards where it came from but it makes like a triangle almost like a point like okay. it just yeah so they don't see this they don't see this light they're not in there they're out in a different room next to it talking about this thing still and then Aaron hears a noise 
So they decide that it's time to go into the pitch black doll room and sit with Annabelle. And I mean, they're both like, don't touch her. Like, careful. Make sure you don't touch her because it's pitch black dark. You can't see shit. Yeah, you can't see anything. So And so they're both kind of sitting on either side of her and they're talking about her and they start to feel a strong energy in front of the doll. And then it moves down underneath her. So they grab a spirit box. They set it like underneath her. And almost immediately, a female voice says, listen. So Zach asks, who am I supposed to listen to? And a man's voice comes across saying, Annabelle. A man's voice. A man's voice. So they then hear, uh, or they then move away from her. And they take her away from the dolls. And they put her in the room next to the fortune teller. So they put a full spectrum camera on her, a thermal camera on her, and the SLS camera on her, and start doing more communication with a talking EVP machine. So what this machine is, is that it sits there, it's like a massive digital recorder, and anytime it picks up a voice that was not spoken by those people, it reads it out loud. Okay. So it's kind of like a spirit box. You can get like almost that instant voice situation, but it's not having to run through those radio channels. Okay, gotcha. So Zach immediately asks, what do you want, Annabelle? And the machine says, you. So Zach says, you want me, Annabelle? And it says, us. And Zach is on his knees in front of this doll, like slowly creeping towards her. And Aaron and Jay are both like, don't fucking touch her. Don't you fucking dare touch her. And as they're telling him not to touch her, they hear a snarl sound. And then there is suddenly a secondary mapped person on the SLS camera standing inside Zach with Zach's map. So you know how the SLS cameras use the Microsoft Connect system to map out skeletal shapes? Yeah. yeah. So you see Zach's and then suddenly Zach's doubles. That is terrifying. Gets worse because then the figure goes into the doll and then it jumps back out behind Zach. Then it jumps behind the doll. Then it goes onto Zach's shoulder and Zach is starting to kind of act a little weird and he says he feels a lot of energy in front of him. He then believes that he feels connected to Annabelle and he wants to touch her so badly. That is when you know to call it. Yes. They should have been done right there. Yes. So Zach gets on or Tony gets on the walkie and he is telling him, do not fucking touch her. And Zach starts getting pissy with him and says that he feels connected to her. Jay then starts complaining about how hot it is in there and he starts sweating. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind is that typically if you're investigating and you are getting hot, it's not really a good Like, not great. No, because, I mean, most people associate, like, entities and, like, energy and things with cold spots. Like, not hot spots. It's typically a colder feeling. A ghost is going to give you that cold spot. Mm -hmm. Something darker is going to give you that hot spot. You don't want to feel that heat. So, um, Tony tells them that they need to stop. And Zach is super fucked up. And the mapped figure is still jumping in and out of the doll and then the evp machine says Anne. so zach starts begging tony and says that he will give tony whatever he wants if he can just touch her he says quote she wants me to grab her tony she wants me to and tony tells him to say god protect me god stop me and zach says that he doesn't want to say that right now And then the EVP machine says, God. And at this point, it has descended into pure chaos. Tony is yelling at him to not touch the doll. He's yelling back that he wants to touch the doll. Nick and, or Aaron and Jay are screaming at him not to touch the fucking doll. I mean, it's like a child with a parent. Like you go into a store and you're yelling at them to not touch everything in their surroundings. And they just want to touch everything that they're not supposed to. Yep. And then Tony kind of shifts and he was like, if you want to give into its e- in, like give into this evil, it's entirely on you, dude. And he's like, "Would you like to be in a car accident? You want to have a heart attack because that could happen." I mean, it's already happened. Yeah, 
And so he's trying everything to convince Zach to not touch the doll. The guys are begging him not to touch her. Zach just desperately wants to touch her. Tony even tells him, if you touch her, all bets are off. Yeah, there's there's nothing anybody can do to help you at that point. No. And right after Tony says, if you touch her, all bets are off, the talking EVP says, grab foot. And then Zach starts saying that he isn't feeling evil coming from her. He feels loneliness. And he touches the doll. He subconsciously reaches a hand up and touches her foot. So Tony comes in and is like, do not touch the fucking doll. And Zach is sitting on the floor and like sitting at Tony's feet. And Tony is just like chastising Zach like a child. So he grabs, puts on the gloves. He grabs the doll. He takes her out. He's putting her in the case. Zach comes in and he was like, I think I touched the foot. I don't know for sure. How do I undo it? And while he's talking to him, that second figure appears in him on the SLS again. No. So with like an SLS, like it's not common to get a double map on a single person. Like I've used them several times and that's, I've never seen that before. So it's really weird. Um, so while Tony's packing her up and everything, Zach starts talking to them about like, what if that entity is no longer with Annabelle? What if it's going to stick around here? And Tony is taking, taking her away at this point. They're having this conversation. He's locking her up and the EVP machine says, Jesus. Tony takes her away, goes, you know, back to his hotel with her. And Zach starts to kind of have some issues. He doesn't feel normal. He's not acting like himself. The other guys are kind of being like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? And he goes home and he starts filming as he's pulling into his driveway because his odometer reads 6,666 miles. Of course it does. So the next day he goes to meet a friend for lunch. They are sitting at a local restaurant and then there is suddenly a freak thunderstorm. And a lightning bolt hits the pole that was directly above where his car was parked. Wow. So. I mean, electricity. It said electricity. It's the vehicle. He fucking touched her. Yeah, he did. And he opened that door. Yep. Opened that door. So what do you think? Do you think that Annabelle truly has a demon attached to her or is the story simply blown out of proportion? That's, I I do think that there is something attached to that doll. Just, there is so many things that that, like, have surrounded that doll and, like, so many weird things with car crashes and, like, people being hurt and things like that. I think there is something attached to it. How blown out? I do think, to an extent, it's probably been blown out of proportion how severe that is i don't know because i've never been around the doll and i don't plan to <laughs> this doll scares the absolute shit out of me all dolls scare the absolute shit out of you yes but this one in particular i just it would not go well for me i truthfully i'm gonna say i do think it's more terrifying that it's a raggedy and doll than agreed the porcelain doll that she is portrayed as I would have to agree with you. I think it's almost creepier. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I hate it. So do you think that it is a bad idea to touch her? I do. I mean, just like obviously antagonizing her without touching her has its like consequences and things. But then the fact that like Zach touched her and had so many weird things happening afterward. I think that just kind of solidifies it for me that like that's a it's a no go. Okay. You should not be doing that. So do you think the fear level would be the same if Annabelle was not a doll? Ooh, that's a good question. If this entity was attached to a book, a stuffed dog, like a toy boat, anything else, do you think it would be as terrifying Ooh, that's a as good it is question. being attached to the doll? I think it being attached to a doll makes it more terrifying, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like, yes, it could also manipulate other things that it was attached to. But, like, if it was attached to a book, it wouldn't be quite as terrifying, I don't think. 
because yes, the book can move around, like things like that. But there's only so many positions that a book can be in. Like, yes, it can open to different pages and things. I get that. That would be terrifying on its own level. But I think the fact that it is a doll that is being manipulated, moved around, put in positions that you can't recreate, I think that adds to it. That's fair. I already know that you wouldn't ever go see her, even even if she was locked behind a a glass case. There's no way. Okay. No way. That's fair. No, I can't. I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. That's fair. What are your thoughts and feelings? I want to see the doll. I'm not surprised by that. (laughs) I'm not surprised by that in the slightest. We are always on opposite ends of the spectrum. My issue is the inconsistencies with her story. With the backstory. With the backstory. The other thing, too, is that if Zach would have taken the doll to an empty warehouse and done an investigation with her, what would have happened? It could have been very different. The fact that he brought her into an uncontrolled environment that's like, because so think about it. If she is sitting, if she is sitting in a museum that is filled with fucked up objects that have sent people to, you know, asylums have killed people like their museum is not really a joke and then you bring that doll into it people are going to have bad experiences but is it the doll or is it something else in the room True. and then you move the doll and you put her in another museum that is worse probably with how much more stuff is in there the energy level is probably way more intense and then you investigate her there i would love to get the doll into an empty warehouse that is not anywhere special, that is not surrounded by other things with energies attached to them to see what happens. I mean, that's a because, fair point. Because the story that has been told about her pre-Warren Museum, there's inconsistencies. There's two different versions told by the same person. Typically, if somebody can't keep their story straight, they're lying. Yeah, it's because it's a lie. And it's not like he was super, super old in the 80s. No. So like... It's not like he told the story on his deathbed and fucked it up. He died in 2006. He told the second version of the story in the 80s. Yeah, He allegedly got sense. the doll in the 70s. So like, and I feel like if it was such a memorable thing for you, you'd remember every detail. You would. Yeah, I, I agree. Like every interaction that I've had with like a haunted object, I can remember what happened and the backstory leading up to it. It just confuses me that he got it wrong. However, that being said, if this doll is actually being like, if there is a demon that is attached to it, don't fucking touch her. Yeah. Just don't touch her. Don't talk to her. Don't look at her. Don't interact with her. But I do agree that I think the level of fear would not be the same if it was not at all. Yeah, I agree. I think it just ramps it up a little bit that it's a doll. Because I think dolls in general just have that like creepy factor attached to them. Dolls are already scary and there's already a lot of really fucked up haunted dolls. Yep. Like I I almost covered Peggy, but I decided to save Peggy for later. But like there's Peggy, there's Harold, there's all of these infamous haunted dolls Mm -hmm. that have really fucked people's lives up. Yep. And has Annabelle, yes, but also she's only ever been experienced in rooms filled with other items. True. I think it would be interesting to like get her somewhere that does not have all of that other energy from everything else. Yes. And to see what happens. Yes. If she was isolated from any other potentially haunted object, would it be as bad? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. So like, she confuses me because like the entire time I was watching this episode, I was just like, why would they bring her to a insane location? This is location. People pass out here and forget who they are mm-hmm. for like several minutes after they come to. They don't know their name. They don't know where they are. They don't know anything about themselves. Like he's he's got a lot of shit in there that's fucked up. He has human sp- skulls and a full ass human skeleton like yeah what's saying they put her in a room with a bunch of other haunted dolls what's not to say that something else decided it would be funny to follow that doll right out there and just fuck with them 
Right. And just because it has that, like, I also think that them bringing Annabelle, like, Annabelle has this fear factor already. Like, people are scared of her already. And so bringing it into a room, like, and especially the way, you know, the process that they get her out, all of these other things, all of those other entities around can feel- They're watching that. They're, they're watching, watching that. everything. And they know that people are scared of her. So and why they're listening. they just fuck with it? And they're also listening to you talking about all of the things that this doll has allegedly done in the past. And mm-hmm. you're they're hearing you say its name repeatedly. You are hearing the guys arguing over the walkie-talkies and- you know, Tony telling him that he needs to call on God and Zach being like, no, and then it mocks them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, there are things in his museum that have been labeled demonic. Yep. So what's not to say one of those other entities decided, I could scare the fuck out of them right now and feed feed off of the chaos that I could cause. Mm -hmm. They know that he's not allowed to touch the doll. So what would you want more than anything but to make him touch the doll and then feed off the chaos that would ensue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely... And I didn't think about it until you brought it up. Yeah. Like, she's never been investigated solo Mm -hmm. by anybody outside of the Warrens, but they're, in my opinion, an unreliable source in this case. Which is fair. I mean, if they can't... If the story is not one story... There's too many inconsistencies with the Warrens coming from the Warrens. Yeah. The fact that as far as I could find, Donna never came forward and was like, yeah, I gave a fucking possessed doll to the Warrens. Like, you know, that's never happened. Mm -hmm. And so it's all kind of hearsay, but then the investigations have all just been, in my opinion, kind of botched. I think I would agree with that. I mean... Like, if I was ever called in to investigate a haunted item specifically, and I showed up and that haunted item was surrounded by other haunted items, I would be like, well, if you want me to investigate this, I need to take it away. Yes. Yeah, I need to take it where it's isolated and investigate this singular object. This singular item away from anything that has any potential energy attached to it. Yeah. You need to get it alone. You have to. I mean, that's the only way that you're going to even be able to begin to figure out what's going on with that thing. Yes. And I think the other thing, too, like the SLS map, it's fucked up, but it didn't start in the doll and then jump to Zach. It appeared on Zach. And then started, and then bouncing, started back and bouncing around, but it stuck with Zach the whole time. It could have been anything in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like the second part of this episode was them hosting an overnight investigation with three fans in the museum they just let three fans through the museum with cameras and stuff like that to investigate and like all three of them were having experiences like this is somewhere that people are gonna have a fucking experience so when you bring something in and your environment is already fucked up you can't it's contributing to that yes it's going it just messes with it so like personally while I think that there's a lot of really fucked up things that have happened around the doll, I don't, I can't say that they're isolated to the doll. I can't yeah. say that the demon is attached to the doll. I would agree with that. Which is why I would want to see the doll. Because I don't have a huge fear of dolls like you do. They're a little unsettling, especially like porcelain dolls, but they don't really bother me too much. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty neutral ground. For the most part, like in that, like if I see, if I am, you know, in an antique store and a doll turns its head to look at me, I'm punching it. Yeah. But like if if I'm at an antique store and there's a doll sitting on a shelf, I'm not going to be like demon. (laughs) Get that thing away from me. Like I'm not a demon. (laughs) I know. Get that thing away from me right now. Like I, yeah, I don't know. They just don't. No, I I definitely think it would be interesting if anybody were able to investigate Annabelle, just Annabelle, with nothing else around. Yeah. What would happen? And if things would still be as crazy as they have been when she's around everything else. If you took her away and you put her by herself and you investigated her and you had this same level of activity, then hell to the yeah. Exactly. This thing has an attachment. If you take it away and you don't have anything it's not the doll exactly it's something else it's something else that's using the doll 
that's using the fear surrounding the doll to make it scarier to feed off of the fear and the chaos. Yeah, that would be one that would interest me as to how it goes. Yeah. Because I think it could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this doll could really be incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Or they just keep placing this item in incredibly dangerous situations. Where it then becomes dangerous because of the environment that it's in. Yep. So I would want, before I could ever form a strong opinion, I would need to see the doll. And I would want to investigate the doll solo before I ever made like a firm conclusion. That's fair. Something's happening around it, but the only pieces that I have are in other locations Mm -hmm. with other things around like you know if somebody were to call us and be like hey we have this really haunted object do you want to take a look and we were like fuck yeah and we called up the dumas broth like dumas brothel and asked to investigate that item in the basement what do you think is going to (laughs) happen of course that's that's stupid yeah like oh we found this haunted book great let's take it to the eastern state penitentiary to investigate it yeah that's so dumb it doesn't make any sense no so no, I would agree. I would agree that these investigations like so far are not super reliable. And neither is the backstory. So mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah, it's a tough one. But I mean, it is. I mean, it sparked a massive franchise. I will say one of the scariest horror movies, in my opinion, like the one that has consistently fucked me up for more than like five minutes after is Annabelle Comes Home. Mm-hmm. That one just for some reason bothers me. But I don't know. You guys will have to let us know what you think. Um, you can email us at ladyinblackpod at gmail.com or you can message us on our website, which is ladyinblackpodcast.com. Um, as always, we will have photos posted on our Instagram, which is at ladyinblackpodcast. And this has been Lady in Black.